Hey Warriors, welcome to another episode of Warrior Within. I hope you guys have been having a good week. You guys are listening to this today after I put it out. Tomorrow might be a high chance that maybe we can get a mortgage loan. So far I did everything they asked and I handed it in and the lady that I'm working with, she said she'll let me know by Monday, but it could be Tuesday. It all depends, you know, how busy they are. But you guys want to pray for us that things will work out, they'll offer us something. Now, even if I can't get exactly what I was hoping to get, maybe I can at least get a house that I know that I could sell later on and get something else I would like to get. And that's something you guys can pray for. Um, otherwise, everything else is getting better. Um, Health-wise, getting better. And it's been really neat. And, you know, of course, you know, what we're going to be talking about today. I decided that, you know, something that's been on my mind is... No, my wife and I have been kind of doing studies more on cult cult stuff, and we kind of been noticing that the the people aren't getting taught the basic stuff about Christian stuff. Christianese is what I usually call it, and the word repentance has been a word that's kind of been on my mind. I kind of been realizing that there is a misunderstanding of what really is repentance. I'm not going to get into some deep theological study of understanding repentance, but I'm going to keep it as simple as possible for this podcast. The number one thing I've been been dealing with this past week is actually seeing basically how petty and how mean Christians can get with each other. Like not even towards the the world, not towards uh, family and like just, just with each other. And People get angry, they allow that hurt to fester, they allow it to get to be a part of their life so much so that there's no room to forgive. Now I know I have struggled in myself with a little bit of bitterness and anger and and hurt to the point where I did struggle with the idea of forgiving someone and wanting to justify my hurt to not ask for not to be repentive about it. No, my hurt, my anger, my side of things. But at the same time, what I've also been able to see is that we need to have a better understanding about some of our biblical truths because I think with all these philosophies and ideologies that are starting to slip slip into our Christian culture and in the church and with, you know, learning how cults are even created and then actually i don't know if you guys watched on discovery plus but they have a a a series on hillsong and what they were like and what people have witnessed and what people have experienced now a lot of times people will say well that's just you know a recording you know people you know just they found certain people who are angry at hillsong and just have this negative thing but if you guys are paying attention to what's going on you would know what's going on with carl lentz you would know what's going on with houston that it's real and this thing's happening but two i actually know people who have gone through similar situations with connections to similar churches and they have gone through similar struggles and it's true it's real and there is this need to help people who have basically left the church because of churches. And a lot of them don't go back to church. Some don't, and some pastors don't even go back to being in ministry because of how they were treated. But that being said, 
I mean, the focus is that I've kind of been noticing that people don't have understanding on things that they should know as a Christian. And one of the first ones I thought of was, well, do we understand that, yes, Christ died for us, but what does it mean to be repentive of who we were before Christ? You see, a lot of people have accepted Christ as their savior, who I think are going to be really surprised that they were never saved because all they thought in their minds were to gain the benefits of what it meant to be a Christian. And number one is to avoid hell. Because if you really talk to some Christians and you ask them, why did you accept Christ? Some of them will probably start off so I don't go to hell. Now that that sounds like, yeah, you know, well, duh, you know, you accept Christ, you won't go to hell. And I get that is part of it. But then there is like this kind of movement that's been kind of going on where does the prayer, uh, the salvation prayer really work? Well, no, the prayer itself doesn't work. It's where your heart and your mind is at about who Christ is and that you recognize the one number one thing you are a sinner who deserves death and the only way to not die is to understand that Christ died for you why because God loved you so much he gave his son to die for you why because the lamb sacrifice of the old testament wasn't going to be enough and there needed to be an ultimate sacrifice which was Christ the lamb of God the the perfect lamb of God who didn't sin, who didn't make a mistake, who was perfect and holy all the way to his death. And because of that, when he died, he broke that enslavement that you and I have to sin by understanding that he died for our sins because we are sinners. So what is being repentive mean that I repent of my sins. You see, if we were to take 1 John 1, well, technically, yeah, 1 John 1, and we were to read verse 8 through 10, it says, if we claim we have no sin, we are only fooling ourselves and not living in truth. But if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. If we claim that we have not sinned, we are calling God a liar and showing that his word has no place in our hearts. See, the battle in in understanding salvation is, do you understand that you are a sinner? Do you understand that when Jesus died, he forgave you of those sins? We go to verse 7, it says, but if we are living in the light as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other and the blood of Jesus, his son cleanses from all sin. You see the ultimate sacrifice of Christ cleanses us from the enslavement to sin so that we can actually live a life that is godly. That is true. That is following the way of Christ. That is living in an understanding of what sanctification is, which is another part of repentance because <laughs> to be sanctified is you're chasing after to be holy. You're trying to reach an, uh, reach where Christ was at. But you have to understand you can't be perfect. You and I cannot not make mistakes. You and I cannot not be sinners. But yes, we are sinners. So the idea is that 
we need to understand that repenting is a vital part of understanding salvation. If you don't understand that your sin nature is what causes you to be separated from God, then you have no understanding of God's word yet. So just asking Jesus to be my savior so that I don't go to hell, that's not saying that you understand why he is your savior. Now, I remember growing up that we would talk about that Jesus died on the cross to save my sins. Jesus is dying on the cross to save my sins. Jesus died on the cross to save my sins. We, 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 can, we can repeat that over and over again. But today, I'm not sure what is being taught to kids. I'm hoping it's very similar to what I was taught. But when I hear adults these days and they talk about, oh, yeah, I am a Christian. You ask them why. The common stuff is I went to church or I go to church to say, I'm part of a Bible study. I read my Bible every day. I, I'm not that bad of a person. I consider myself a good person. Like I'm starting to see that the connection is to doing good works or being a good person based on the principles that they're getting taught. But not one of them is really saying, well, it's because I understand that Christ died for me because I'm a sinner. That, that I, I can't get to be with him because I'm a sinner and Christ died for me and took that sin away. Now, it doesn't take away sin altogether. We still have problems with sin, but we also gain something else in that process of accepting Christ, which is where I think people are not understanding that they have gained. When they accepted Christ as their Savior, they should have gained the Holy Spirit. And that Holy Spirit would be fighting on their behalf to not follow the flesh, but to follow the Spirit. So when I hear people who say, oh, I go to church, but then at home they're like living a very worldly life. And then they come back and they say, I don't understand why God isn't doing anything in my life. I don't understand why I'm not seeing what he wants me to do. I don't understand why things are so bad. I don't, they start complaining about all these issues that they're going through, not realizing that they're either one oppressing the Holy spirit and ignoring it, or two, I would wonder if they're even saved because their fruits aren't showing Christ likeness every day. They play the part on Sundays, but throughout the week, they play the part of the world. When you accept Christ and you have the Holy Spirit, the desire is going to be to follow Christ. You're going to want to be like Christ. You're going to want to walk in the way of the Lord. You're going to want to spend time in prayer. You're going to want to learn more about the Bible. You're going to want to make sure that you are thinking appropriately and correctly in your life. Because remember, I have talked about that the easiest way to break a Christian is to make you doubt the scriptures. If you start doubting the scriptures, all the other parts of your armor start falling apart because you start doubting. That's why it's very important to understand and know your scriptures because you need to be always ready to defend it. You need to always be ready to recognize a lie. You need to be ready to recognize that something is trying to deceive you. So a lot of times, an unsafe person will focus on the fact that I'm a good person. Why would you think I'm a sinner? Because they don't have understanding that sin separates us from God for eternity, forever. 
but but because they don't understand that sin separates they just think it's just making bad choices so they simplify the fact that it's good versus bad so if i do more good it outweighs the bad and so the bad doesn't win so therefore why would god put me in hell because i was a good person most of my life i did good things i helped people i did it gives gave stuff to charity i followed the rules i didn't get in trouble by the law i didn't i didn't do anything to warrant and <coughs> what in human's eyes would be death but to have understanding of repentance, you also got to understand what it means to be holy. Holy is the absence of no sin. So God being holy means that sin can't be before him, can't be around him, can't be around him at all, period. That's why in the Old Testament, if you were to read some of the old stories you would know that when david was bringing back the ark he didn't do it the way he was supposed to he put it in the back of the cart and i think it was one of his sons went to grab it when it was going to fall off the cart because of a bump when as soon as he touched it he was instantly killed and most people would be oh that's harsh but the truth is that was the presence of god in the ark so the ark meant that it was a holy it was holy so his son was not perfect, so when he touched it, he instantly died. Because the proper way is the members of a certain tribe, the Levites, would have to get poles, and those poles would go through these certain parts of the ark, and they would have to carry it, and no one could touch the ark itself directly. So that's what I'm trying to clarify for you guys. You need to understand the importance of sin. Sin is awful sin separates sin is the is bad sin is keeps you and i from seeing who god truly is it's part of our nature who we are but because we have the holy spirit because we accepted christ we are not bound by that sin nature doesn't mean we don't sin doesn't mean we don't make mistakes doesn't mean we don't get angry it doesn't mean that we won't hurt somebody it doesn't mean that we would ever not have issues and never make a mistake fall back you know some of us might have addictional sin that affects us and doesn't mean that you are 100 percent protected but it also does not mean that the holy spirit cannot help you through those temptations does not mean that you can't say no does not mean you can't walk away from sinful situ like positionings that you placed yourself i want you to understand that sin separates us from God and we're going to take a really quick break and I'll be right back hey guys welcome back to the second half of this episode and we've been talking about repentance we've been talking about sin we've been talking about the understanding of what you know salvation in itself and how it's designed has a has a purpose behind the choices that we make in life if you are pleasing god by following his way following a son doing the way you're supposed to do things you will see that there's change going on inside of your, your yourself your heart your mind the way you look at things the way you approach things the way you treat people the way that you communicate 
And if you are walking with the Lord, there should be a change. It's very clear that there would be a change. So if you are saying you accepted Christ, but you're still living a life of sin, how can you say that you actually know Christ? Because there is some people who think that, well, their sin isn't that bad, so therefore God's not going to hold me against it. But the Holy Spirit should be placing in your heart and your mind that you are doing something wrong. This is not holiness. This is not what God has asked you to do. This is not in the scriptures. The Holy Spirit's going to be doing all that kind of stuff. He's going to do every. He's going to do everything he can to help you understand that, hey, you need to change something in your life because you're not following the way of the Lord. And if you can't say that, oh, yes, I do feel like what I'm doing is wrong and I should probably stop, that should worry you about whether, where you're at in your, in your walk with the Lord. So it's either you are completely ignoring the Holy Spirit's attempt to tell you that you're doing something wrong, or you're not really truly saved. Because people put too much faith in just the praying, the prayer, and not understanding why they're doing it. When you accept Christ and you understand he's your savior, you're asking Jesus to come into your life to change you, to mold you, to prepare you for whatever purpose he has for you. But you have been willing to humble yourself, getting down at your feet and saying, Lord, you are my savior. I am here to serve you. Change me, cleanse me, renew me, help me to be the type of man that you want me to be because I've realized I was a sinner. I was doing things wrong. I wasn't doing it right. And I want that out of my life. You should have a desire to not have those sins in your life. Whether it's bad language, whether it's looking at girls like you're not supposed to, whether it is sinning in other types of forms of sin, whether it's you know disobeying your parents, being uh, disrespectful to other people, being angry, being hurt, and allowing that hurt to control your life, seek out forgiveness. Repentance is turning, turning away from what is wrong and putting your eyes on the Lord and recognizing that that you did wrong and asking for forgiveness. You go and you lie to your wife. You should, and you know that you shouldn't have done it and you, you, you willingly did it anyway. You sinned. Now this is your opportunity to go and ask forgiveness to your wife. And I would even encourage you to ask forgiveness to God again. It's not for salvation purpose, but to understand, I did wrong, Lord, cleanse me again. Don't let me do that again to my wife. See, that's a repentive heart. But that's also someone who has the Holy Spirit. You should recognize that there is something wrong. Sometimes even in our anger and our frustrations, we don't see that we're being wrong. Sometimes in our hurt, we don't see that we're doing something wrong. So instead of finding ourselves asking for forgiveness, we respond in an emotional way. We respond with an anger. We respond with uh, frustration. We respond with um, removing ourselves 
for the wrong reasons. In fact, it's kind of interesting that the verse that came to my mind, or not really came to mind, but while I was kind of doing some studying, I found this set of verses kind of like, I, I, I want to say like by mistake, but really it's God leading. But in James 4, it actually states this. What is causing the quarrels and fights among you? Don't they come from the evil desires at war within you? You want what you don't have, so you scheme and kill to get it. You are jealous of what others have, but you can't get it. So you fight and wage war to take it away from them. Yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. Now, it's interesting phrasing, but it says in verse 3, it says, And even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are wrong. You want only what you give that gives you pleasure. You see, you need to understand that sometimes we allow the hurt and pain in us to really control the way we look at things. And not recognizing that God is doing something and he's trying to get you to understand something. He's trying to get you to see something. So we don't understand repentance, let alone forgiveness. And so we don't forgive. And we allow, whether it's sin in our life, to start controlling our lives. or And we ignore the Holy Spirit. Or we really don't know Jesus like we think we do. Because we haven't truly understand what it means to be a sinner. If we were to go, and it's interesting, it's in the Old Testament. It's Second uh, Chronicles 7. This is directed towards Solomon and Israel. But I want you to hear the words because it does matter. And how we, how we should act, too. It says in verse 14, Then if my people who are called by my name will hum, humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and restore their land. My eyes will be open and my ears attentive to every prayer made in this place. So there needs to be a, a place, a moment, where you and I need to be in humility is usually the word that comes that we pray and seek him out and turn from our sins. If you're not getting that desire to do that, there's something not right in your heart and your mind to recognize that you are sinning. And if you say to me, I've never felt that and I've, you know, I've, I've gone to church and I've done my stuff and I lived the life I want to live and I've never felt guilt. There, you need to be worried about that because maybe the enemy is trying to get you to think you're okay, but you're not. Because there should be a desire of change, a desire to see mistake. And I understand what it's like to be in anger and ignore, the, ignore what you should be doing because you want to be angry. You want that control. And a lot of times it always leads to the concept of control and power and being able to not feel anything else but that anger because it makes you feel good in the moment and anger gives you the sense of control. In reality, you don't because it hurts other people. We've talked about this before with anger, not too long ago, actually. 
So the idea of understanding repentance, you also need to understand forgiveness, but you also got to understand humility. To understand how to forgive someone, you need to humble yourself before the Lord. Because then he'll he'll be able to remove the frustrations and hurt in your heart for you to under, be able to forgive. But even in forgiveness, it does not mean there's no consequence. There will be consequences for people's actions. If they hurt you, there's consequences. You're not going to trust them. If you hurt someone else, they're not going to have trust. Which that means you have to work to build. That's why the saying is it takes a, it takes years to build trust, but a moment to break it. That's why that's an important statement to have in your head to understand that even if someone has hurt you, you may not trust them the same way, but forgiving means you're not going to hold it against them like in, in anger and hate and use it as a tool to destroy their lives and to break them. God forgave us and we don't have to suffer the penalty of being completely separated from him for eternity. Starting to see that little bit of connection. So us repenting is to clarify the beauty of what forgiveness really truly is. So that we can understand that the only way to do that is to humble ourselves. So salvation is a moment where we recognize our sin. We humble ourselves before our God or creator and seek out forgiveness for all that we've done. And he forgives us those sins. It's a very beautiful picture if you really spend the time to look at it. And then now, all that has happened, you need to understand that sin is designed is to destroy what was created. And Satan knew that back when he was able to tempt Eve. Now, temptation is trying to convince you to do something that you shouldn't be doing. Action of temptation is sinning. But the most amazing thing about the Lord, if you were to go to 2 Peter 3 and verse 9, it says the, the Lord isn't really being slow about his promise. And that promise is that someday he shall return and there'll be judgment on this world. No, he's being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. And this is the warning, but the day of the Lord will come as an unexpected as unexpectedly as a thief, and the heavens will pass away with a terrible noise, and the very elements themselves will disappear in fire, and the earth and everything on it will be found to deserve judgment. There will be a time where we we can't sit around thinking, well, you know, someday I'll accept Christ. 
and that means other people around us who are walking in this in this worldly way of living life thinking that they're saved because they did that prayer but they there's absolutely no change in their life there's no good fruit coming off of them there's nothing that tells you that they know Christ because the way they talk the way they treated people the way they present themselves is not godly it's not Christ like they're like oh yeah well, I go to church that doesn't mean you know God there's a relationship part and there's a, a part to this accepting of Christ that builds a relationship out of it. And when you know somebody is because you spend time getting to know them. And if you know God, you spend time in God's word. If you know God, you spend time taking what you've been taught at churches and you live it. But you remember it has to reflect the scriptures, what you're being taught. And if it's not, then you need to stop and think, what am I really being taught then? So to clarify this image, repentance is when you turn from a sin and recognize that it is sin and you don't want to do it. Forgiveness is being willing to tell somebody, or as God did to us, I forgive you for what you've done. I will not hold that against you, but there is consequence. And then humility is the moment where in which we need to be to be able to understand the beauty of what Christ did for us. And when we accepted him, is because we understand who we are sinners and that he is our savior and that we repent of our sin and we want to serve him. You and I should have a desire to be chasing after God, wanting to know God, serving God and living a godly life. It should not be, oh, I went to church, so I'm a good guy. I'm a good person. It's more than that. You're living a life fully in his hands. Because you recognize what it means to repent. You recognize what it means to forgive, what forgiveness is like. And then you understand it in humility. I want you guys to understand this week as you go through your week. Examine yourself. Did I really understand what it meant to be a sinner? Did I really understand what it meant to be saved? Did I really understand what it means to be humble? Did I really understand what it means to be faithful to who Christ is and walking in truth and walking in the way of the Lord and, and doing that? Should my life be reflecting of such things as the Bible teaches? It should. And if you're only quote unquote acting like the Christian at church, but in the rest of your week, you're acting however you want. There's something not right there. You're either ignoring the Holy Spirit or you never really accepted Christ as your Savior. There should be change. There should be a desire of change in us to get away from sins. There should be a desire of us to not want sin to be a part of our life or being a hint in our life. And in some cases, some people may actually have to literally move away from where they are at, even if it's away from family. To be able to actually allow God to use them and transform them and make a difference in their life. I really hope this will be an encouragement to you guys this week. I, I, I ask that some of you guys who may have thought you've been Christians for a long time, it's it's it, this is the time. If you, you if you thought this whole time you're a Christian and you weren't, 
take this time now. This is the opportunity. Once you hear this, you can get off and you get on your knees. You can ask for repentance. You can ask for forgiveness. You can ask Christ to be your savior and understand that you want to be changed. You want to be cleansed. You want to be renewed and see what God does. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this time. I ask that you bless it. I ask that you allow men that are listening or even women that are listening, if they have not truly accepted Christ, that today would be the day that they accept Christ as their Savior and that there is a change. That they understand there needs to be a change in their life, that they need to remove these sins that have just long been a part of their life and get it out of their life. Doesn't mean we will not fail and not make mistakes, but what it does mean is that we'll know a Savior. We'll have the Holy Spirit who will constantly be trying to get us to focus on you, to seek you, and to desire you. And Lord, if there's anybody here who's been oppressing the Holy Spirit, who's been keeping the Holy Spirit from really moving in their lives, tell, get them to stop. Guys, stop. Let the Holy Spirit move in you, change you, show you more about who God is in your life. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You guys have a blessed week, and I will see you next time. God bless.